Hello. Welcome to 16 Candle Keeps, the place where the 80s pass their death sex. Um, everyone's very quiet now and I'm very nervous like something's <laughs> going to happen. I'm waiting yeah. for someone to jump up behind me. I know there's no one else in the room and I'm just like, is, someone, is this this? Anyway, hi everyone. Happy Star Wars Day. How are my lovelies? I thank you. Oh, jeez. So that, 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 uh, uh, let me just sort that part once we're here we do this hello um yes um as you'll already tell by our titles and things um we are uh we are doing a star wars one shot uh, because it's star wars day may the fourth or as i said earlier when i was planning all this march the fourth because that's Awkward. that's that's not star wars it's not Star Wars Day. <laughs> Why am I being in control of this? Anyway, hello everyone. I think just as a fun little opener thing, and so we can have descent into madness already. Um, before we jump into anything, can I ask the three lovelies, what mm -hmm. is your favourite trilogy of the Star Wars saga? Or if you're going to be a complete um, purist and say, none of them, I prefer this thing that happened that was nothing to do with it, you can say that as well. But yeah, tell us about your Star Wars love. Uh, the original trilogy, um, episodes four, five, and six. Very good. Very Me. Good. Hello. Nice. What about the Do other two? Do we have two? to say anything else, or are we just say we just saying the favorite our uh, favorite trilogy? I'm just saying it so when we get tweets and stuff like that, they can attack the person that said the wrong one. Okay, <laughs> I'm definitely going to be attacked for my choice. I think. What What one do you like, Jade? Go for it. I actually really like Rogue One. It's a really unpopular opinion, but I like Jinna, so I like her character. She's irritating as anything, but it speaks to me on a whole level of, yep, yeah, that would be me. I would be that petty child ruining everything. <laughs> nice. And Master Thornton? Yep. I mean, it's a tough one because they've... Uh, I'm... Right. They all have their merits. Obviously, the originals, nothing else would have exist without them. Um, Empire Strikes Back is still the best film. But it's 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 a difficult one because obviously growing up, like the first trilogy that I got to see in the cinema that wasn't a re-release was the prequel trilogy. Yep. Um, so obviously there was all of that hype, but then you look back on them and you go, eh, I mean, they have the good points, they have the bad points, they're nowhere near as bad as people say. And then the sequel trilogy, again, bought it for a whole new group of people. Um, it's just, you know, it's it's the whole thing of Star Wars is for everyone. And her name is Rey Skywalker. Um, <laughs> just saying, it is, deal with it. Um, it's for everyone. But yeah, I mean, even even the the films like Solo, it still did something for the franchise. It moved it in a different yeah, direction. Yeah. Uh, Rogue One again, fantastic. Clone Wars series, the literally the final four episodes are a masterpiece in tying up a series. Just the the sense of dread that you get through them, the, the like the score on it, and the like. It was cinema. As a kid show, I incredible. Uh, I might slightly like Star Wars. I don't think anyone can tell that. No, you're playing it cool. Um, but, <laughs> but but Steve, what what about you? What's your I favorite? I like the prequel series. I think yeah. I think episode one through three is brilliant. Not just because it came out in the cinema as I was a kid, but also because of the fact that. Um, and I say this as a wanky writer. Um, I think that the fact that there's a ferric victory for the good guys, obviously it's halfway through the, the, the major arc of the story, but if you break it into the three parts and then you go episode one through three, the good guys kind of lose uh, with Revenge of the Sith. They they get what they want. They destroy the Jedi Council. If I remember this rightly, obviously, I'm going mm -hmm. back in my head um, after reading Wikipedias of the last few days. <laughs> mm -hmm. And yeah. I've seen them. I have seen them. I have watched them. I'm not being that kid. Um, but uh, yes, it's that thing of like, you know, it's really interesting to have 
the bad guys being the the predominant winning party of a storyline which you don't get in most like large saga stories it's always oh they're they're giving a good fight but the good guys always win yeah so yeah i i, I really like you know the uh the for, from a writer's perspective i like the the way that one through three runs in comparison to the other lot um i haven't watched the full version of the sequel trilogy i have watched the original trilogy and they're very good yes <laughs> uh, i'm not insulting them i I just think i think that um especially because of the time they were released um i, I sat down and watched episodes four and five to set this up and i was shocked at how little happens in the actual yes. film itself uh-huh. yeah. but then yes. how long the films are you're like whoa, whoa. Yes. but then also you know they they led to such great things so you cannot you cannot defy the the fact that they they are a a glorified gold mine of property for disney to exploit now um <laughs> Yay! <laughs> which is totally not going to have ruined what we're about to play um anyway um before uh-huh. we before we jump into this madness i would like to warn everyone because we're playing a specific version of star wars we're playing star wars role-playing game saga edition um for the kids that are in the know that doesn't technically exist anymore because the license ran out and then i think it's fantasy flight games that currently make the mm-hmm. current issue uh, issue sorry um but for our audience uh, to rest your weary fears, um, this game will be fairly familiar to you as it runs off the uh, mechanics of Dungeons and Dragons that you are familiar with from our main campaign. Uh, it's much closer to third edition than fifth edition, so it's uh, you know um, less problematic. Wink. Um, anyway, um, but yeah. The uh the, the runs off a D twenty system. There are skill checks and ability scores, much like your regular D and D. But rather than it being a wizard, it's a space wizard who tells you that these are not the droids you're looking for. Rather than these are not the goblins you're looking for. Um, as I've had to remind myself recently. <laughs> but yes, I will. I've I've try to absorb the rule book as much as possible and i will try to clarify rules as and when they come up if they're less than self-explanatory definitely when it comes to combat there might be a quick rundown for both the players and for you dear listener but so you're aware we're just gonna have some fun and um and uh, and yeah let's play some star wars woo yeah um before we jump in just quickly any announcements that anyone wants to put out on the 4th of may Anything that we need to shout? Any things that are cool and happening? No. Nah. <laughs> no. Excellent. Nah. Bingle bang round corner. Mm. I mean, uh, hopefully around that time, um, I will be doing some streaming stuff. But it's fine. Um, if I can just take five seconds to oh, yeah. talk a little bit more nerdy about this specific game and rule system go for it um so uh yes this is the 2007 uh star wars saga edition um one of the lead developers on this for any DD fans uh was chris perkins long may he reign um so again it's all of that thing that you'll you'll know it's literally made by wizards of the coast it's um yeah it's it's based off of the older iteration of third edition, as Steve says. Um, but this is also the mechanic that was used to run the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic games. Oh, yeah. So Knights of the Old Republic and uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2, the Sith Lords, um, those video games ran using this system. So remember, we're getting like a HD remake of KOTOR, and it's still going to be running off of this system like 15 years later i just think that's pretty cool yes nice very nice i'm just loading up a, a website that i have to use apologies while you were talking and uh my gods i love the fact that the nerd um have things such as a hooties language translator just in case that's needed for later. <laughs> um, but yes um spoilers for later anyway 
let's let's jump into Star Wars. Star Wars. Um, I'm gonna have to open something quickly, so bear with me as I just click done. Right. Um, so, there, there we go. For our dear lovelies, here we go. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. The Galactic Empire's grip on the people is loosened by the actions of a small rebel group after the destruction of their Death Star in the Battle of Yavin. With this blow to the powers that be, more and more factions start to appear in an attempt to take back freedom and prosperity. With the Empire's chief concerns being on a large rebel group based response, they're basically the, the, the group that took down the, the DS-1 um, in the episode 4 that you might be familiar with. The smaller groups uh, are taking advantage of the cracks in the system. With the myths and legends of the heroic pilot originating from the desert planet of Tatooine, the place has become a figurative mecca to those looking for hope and guidance to the rebellion. Swathing sandy plains swallow the small cities and factories that make the planet home. We pick up in the spaceport city of Moss Eisley, the wretched hive of scum and villainy. The buildings around them are made of stone with large openings to allow the breeze through, combating the warmth of the baking suns. We specifically pick up as the suns are setting, when even the more naive could not miss the nefarious underpinnings of the streets and their hawkers. Sitting nonchalantly on a flatter rooftop building is a cloaked figure hidden by the shadows. They have been there for an hour or so, scoping the pedestrians below. It is at this point I would ask Liam, would you like to introduce us to who we would find sitting atop the roofs? Um, absolutely. And now we're going to see if this works. Oh, I know what's coming, don't I? So, um, you would see a... Yes! <laughs> the face of a B1 battle droid poking out from a cloak mounted underneath it quite awkwardly would be a jetpack as it scoops around looking for its target I'm assuming that that worked that yeah, came did. through very well um, <laughs> If you That's had told good. me this was going to happen, I would have sent you a script for the other parts later. Um, anyway, <laughs> nothing is script here. Nothing is script. Don't don't read into this. Um, anyway, um, lovely. So we have a B1 battle droid for anyone who couldn't pick that up. Lovely. Uh, cloaked with a jetpack. So, um, would, would the, the droid have a name? Um, just so we can jump into this a bit more usual roleplay? Uh, yeah, so... Um... It's mainly a, a B1 battle droid with a couple of like components on it that are from the B2 super battle droid. So um, its designation would be B1NB2. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I regret nothing. I'm, I'm less regretting my, my puns that are going to come up later. Um... Um, lovely. So we have B1 and B2. Um, um, so, you have been sent by your employer to look into a possible rebellion meeting in one of the hangars of the engineering complex known as Nexus 6. You've been given, given little information, as usual, but you'll bring in the goods, as usual. What would you like to do as part of your stakeout? What do you think you would have been doing over the last... Uh, hour or so as you've set up camp on top of the rooftop looking over the uh, the complex itself um so i guess scoping out the area um keeping tabs of anyone who is going in and out of buildings 
um, and also making sure to look around for anyone who has been outside as a sort of lookout for any extended amount of time. Um, I think, so we have our first roll. Um, I may be misusing this because I've, again, I've absorbed the book, but parts are fleshed out more than others. I think this would probably be the best one to use for a gather information roll. Would probably be the best use here. Yep. The, the Star Wars version of the insight check. Um, <laughs> um I mean, that's a nine, so this is going to go well. Okay. <laughs> So you've been sat, as we said, on top of the rooftop. You're shrouded in darkness, so you're not spotted by anyone else. Um, you are proficient in the, the the wear and tear of, of staking out areas when you're trying to find information that most people wouldn't spot. So I'm going to say even though it's quite low, you're still starting to spot little things. Um, one of the main things that you spot is that a lot of traffic is coming in and out of uh, one of the hangars to the edge of the complex you can see that as you were arriving there was a small freighter that dropped into the uh, the hangar's loading area and started to um jettison cargo out um it looked fairly non-suspect the most information that you would look over that and say what would pique your attention is the fact that it's definitely um uh, empire freighter it's not uh, or at least from the the uniforms and the uh, the kind of like the decals of the uh, the freighter itself you would tell it was an empire ship not um one that's been um used for any of a uh, sort of um popular income of the uh Mos Eisley sport uh, spaceport um other than that you don't really spot much out of place um you will notice however um that although there's a lot of uh, traffic with that a lot of the uh, the pedestrian traffic seems to be heading towards that hangar as well roger roger excellent So with the uh, with with this information, uh, is there any other parts you'd like to go explore, or would you head directly towards that hangar, or stay put for now? Um, heading towards the hangar is fine, but I am staying aerial. Aerial, yeah, not a problem. So you uh, using your um, abilities, I'm not going to. Uh, make the checks because we'll do that uh, beautiful thing that I've loved the idea of. I'm gonna, if you're okay with me saying this, use mm -hmm. the take ten and just go. You've automatically uh, passed the with the the or you automatically got the basic functions of traversing across the rooftops, um, not really needing to do much of a check against this. Um, jumping between them, they're quite close together, uh, and they're the most like problematic will be like a slightly domed building every now and then um as the uh, the architecture of Tatooine seems to be uh, somewhat um interesting but um all the same you manage to traverse over the way and uh you make camp just outside the entrance point where you see that now as you've arrived there is more of a obvious hint of what's happening you can see that there are two doormen that seem to be stood uh, atop the uh, the main entrance kind of like stepway going up uh, to the main door the building it looks to be fairly um non-suspect stone building you can see the 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 barrels and like the the a plethora of different items that you would find in a normal uh, hangar area for anyone who Wants to save me some descriptions. Um, <laughs> um, but the, the pedestrians that are coming up, you can see that every now and then one or two of them pull something from their cloak or their uh, their backpack or whatever they're carrying things with, show it to the doorman, the doorman nods, and they enter. Lovely. I think now we'll pick up with the next part of our character's introduction. Um, inside the hangar is a veritable hive of ship parts and scrap metals. 
there is a, a bare stone floor with excuse me whilst I just play around with the joys that is Skyrimscape and talk um, there's a bare stone floor with a thin layer of gravel to soak up the uh, the, the oil spills and different parts uh, of uh, mechanical um, accoutrement that comes from spaceships that I'm fully versed in as a spaceship user myself. Um, wires run intermittently from the east to west uh, walls and have canvases hung off them to catch errant sparks and from wheel from welding and grinding. In the centre of the hangar. A small congregation of humanoids murmur amongst themselves. Like-minded folk all looking for recruitment into the Rebel Alliance. To do their part in the downfall of the Empire. In the midst of this crowd, who would we likely see Ms. Emma? You see a medium-sized, five-foot-eight tall Mon Calamari. Um... For those of you who may not be familiar, this would be people who look like giant squids. <laughs> um, it's a trap. It's that one, yeah. <laughs> if you've the name Akbar Two or something, I will. Cr- <laughs> <laughs> um, her name is uh, so she's a female. She is mid thirties. Um. She has been with the Rebel Alliance for almost as long as it's been going. And she is infiltrating her way into bad people (laughs) Um, to pretend she's one of them. to find out as much information as possible about what's going on, um, anything that they plan to do, and to take it from there. Her name is Dana Lorian, and that is that is pretty much pretty much it in terms of character. Um, yeah, we, she's um, just she's Jedi, but. No one who she's infiltrated knows this because that's the mark of being a good infiltrator. Um, <laughs> so she's uh, trying to keep her true identity on the DL, but we will see how far her morals as a Jedi can be pushed while she's doing this. Excellent. That was a bit rambly, but... Um, Lovely. So, Dana Lorian, or Dana for short, um, you are aware of what is happening here in the hangar more so than anyone else in the room. Yes. You being someone who is pretending uh, to, uh, to, to be a simple street uh, hawker and uh, a pedestrian of uh, Moss Isley as these mm-hmm. recruitment groups have been going around received a small hologram invitation to the hangar um as this suspect group of people are trying to um raise uh troops and kind of like cannon fodder for the things that are coming up later in who knows there could be a a whole like battle and everything like that um nobody knows what happens in episode five and six because they haven't happened yet um um, you've uh you've been kind of tagging along with some people uh this evening and came into the same area as they have uh by showing a small uh hologram invitation of a of an origami unicorn For anyone who hasn't got the reference yet, Nexus 6, Origami Unicorn, unicorn. Google. Um, um, You're aware that this group may not be as much uh, part of the Rebel Alliance as you 
would uh, understand, especially as someone who has been working with the Rebel Alliance uh, for quite a while. Uh, so as you take this information in and you uh, you start to kind of scope the area out, you are using a bit more uh, of a, a, a roguish um, approach to the night than anyone else in the room who is just genuinely there in the hopes to uh, kind of join the good cause. Um, yeah. What would you what what do you think you'd be doing um, whilst waiting for the the main event to happen? Obviously, there's this kind of like small plinth in the middle of the uh, the hangar where people are, are going to be um, addressed by the Rebel Alliance or the members that are claiming to be the Rebel Alliance shortly. But currently, everyone's just congregating and starting to get ready uh, for this uh, to happen. She's um she's hanging around. She's lurking around, having a listen, wandering amongst the crowd uh, to see what people are, are talking about. And because she's because she's not brand new, because she's already done some um, infiltrating, she's offering her advice, her opinions, her stories to anybody who wants to know um, what it's been like. Uh, just, I, I forgot to mention that when... So Dana Lorian is her name, and when she has been in disguise, as it were, uh, she's going by the code name of Holden. Holden, lovely. Yes. There you go. I threw in another reference to that film for you. Mm. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Didn't realise I needed assistance. As far as the, I keep calling them the bad people, but as far as the bad people know, she's a Mon Calamari called Holden, not a massive fan of the Jedis and the Rebel Alliance as a whole. Um, he's just there. She's, I think she's doing more sort of, yeah, you said street hawking, admin -y things, just basic tasks that allow her to be fairly unnoticed. So while this is going on in the hangar and uh, people are standing around and talking, she's uh, wondering, she's sharing information, but she is holding back a little bit just in case these people are infiltrators from the other side. Lovely. Um, which will lead to my check for you, please. Can yep. I have you make a deception check, please? Yes. <laughs> a three. <laughs> That was terrible. I got a natural one. I got That's a natural. It's like you're rolling my rolls. That, that just fell out of my hand because I've just rolled it again and got an eight, which is also not great. So um, rude. Roll above an eight. I've picked a bad dice. So Holden, wink. Everyone, everyone oh, knows. No. Everyone in the room knows that Holden's here um, because Holden has been walking around and introducing themselves to people and like talking through their experiences, members of uh, as a member of the Rebel Alliance and guiding yes. people towards the kind of like you know don't leave, stay. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be worthwhile and yeah. like you're, you're Just doing like supportive and crowd, um, you know, uplifting that kind of thing. Like yeah, you you good are thing. good thing you're doing. You are, you are being very supportive, and it's it's very appreciated by the 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 pedestrians of uh, Moss Eisley who are here um, waiting for this uh, conversation to happen. Um, which is when you turn and notice that every time that you're turning and going off in a different direction, you notice that one or two of the uh, the more kind of like obvious members who are kind of like almost like. Uh, chauffeuring the event, if you will, um, kind of like stood on the outside. Yeah, they kind of they stood on the outsides of the congregation, stood nearer the uh, the stage itself. They're in kind of more of a uniform uh, that you can see. Um, it's every now and then that you notice that they've always got their eyes trained on you. It's almost like every. It's that weird thing of you know when you're in a shop and you catch the uh, you catch the eye contact with the the shop guard. Yeah. Uh, or the shop security, um, and then you're like, "Oh, are they? I, I'm Mr. Good Guy. I don't need you to. Look. Why are you following me down every aisle?" Yeah, and then you start to look more suspicious when you try not to look suspicious. Which I think is exactly what's happening with Dana yeah. as you're walking around, being like, "No, I'm, I'm just here as a, a, a helpful friend. Please stop looking yeah. at me." And she's telling herself that. You know, she's trying to reassure herself that they're only looking at her because she looks different to everybody else. Because I don't, 
think there's many Mon Calamari as part of the gathering. Oh no, you're, you're noticing that there is a a, a myriad of uh, of different creeds and uh, yep. and uh, uh, species around you. Uh, predominantly yep. human. Um, there does look to be one or two like um, Rodian and. Yes. Um, excuse me whilst I just completely baffled myself saying I know races. Um, but yes, there, there is a collection of like-minded individuals, but from different backgrounds that are yes. here. Um, you do have a moment as the, uh, as, as you kind of like start to get a bit nervous in your own, own uh, self, you notice that the crowd goes quiet and one of the members of the, uh, of the congregations kind of ushers steps up onto the uh, plinth. Um, what you see is slightly disconcerting in the sense that this is something that you've never seen before as a member of the Alliance. You've never seen a person like this before. Um, standing about five or six foot uh, from what you can tell from this distance, humanoid in shape, but confusingly uh, a, a mesh of between what you can tell to be android and human their body itself is made of black kind of like plastic looking material um, and has different runs across the shoulders and around uh, where the abdomen area joins the next part of the uh, the bodice um, with a large circle kind of like screen in the center of the abdomen um, the hands and the head area appear to be more flesh-toned and look like a human head if it had been completely shaved and then kind of pushed through uh, like a, an early 90s game graphic system where it's kind of boxed, uh, has some edging that starts to look curved, but it's very boxed, very... Um, uh, it's very obviously manufactured, but at the same time, the mannerisms of the person as they step up um seems to be almost human in their nature um it is at this point that the audience goes quiet everyone turns to look at this uh this individual who stands and starts to clear his throat and starts to greet the people and just as he greets everyone there is an explosion from the south end of the uh of the hangar and you see three droids and a another human-looking figure similar to this uh, human who stood up on the platform uh, coming out of the south hangar, uh, south of the hangar. Which is where we're going to jump over to our final character, but by certainly no means least. In the far south of the hangar sits a freighter dropping off a shipment of B1 series battle droids. The droids are property of Jabba the Hutt and are a gift from a member of the Empire yet to be disclosed. Hiding amongst the cargo crates and storage blocks of the freighter, we come to our final main protagonist. Jade, who would we see amongst the crates? Cool. So um, you will see a young, um, kind of burnt orange toned Twi'lek who is a female Twi'lek. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar, you guys probably are, um, is a very humanoid-looking race um, with two tails from the top of their heads. Um, she's an adult in Twi'lek years, but just. She's 16. Um, she's one and a half meters tall. She's quite slim. She's generally quite modest looking, um, but she's trying to to remain inconspicuous as best as she can. Um, she doesn't look battle-worn. She doesn't look particularly prim or proper either. She is perfectly average in every way that she possibly could be. Um, she is known as Swift in general. When asked her name, she'll usually give Swift as her name. Swift. There you go. Excellent. So, Swift, 
Um, so you have been sneaking amongst the cargo crates, performing your task to the best of your ability. Uh, you've overheard, um, after, as the ship went through, you've heard the crew uh, talking very... They're, they're very bland, nondescript conversations that are just the average uh, daily routines of people checking the cargo, uh, making sure everything's functional as they're traveling from one destination to another. You're aware that this uh, this um, cargo ship was heading towards and should be uh, delivering to Tatooine, and you find yourself starting to become a bit more um, readied and uh, ready to also leave the ship. Um, as it arrives in Tatooine's hangar, um, you um, as you arrive and you start to work around the, the space. What do you what do you think you'd be doing um, as the ship has landed? And um, for obvious sakes, this explosion has yet to happen. That will be happening down this end. So um, she would probably use her race to, like, the race's um, reputation uh, yeah. to her advantage, and she would probably be pretending to be some form of slave for any of the overseers of the hangar. Um, generally, just looking like she's trying to tidy things, pick bits of fallen debris up, mm. and just generally looking, being quiet, but but trying to look like a stereotypical twilight slave excellent um which i think fits with uh the the, the same role uh do you want to make a deception check for me yes excellent. it is going to go awful because it's me that's rolling it <laughs> <laughs> but you do get a uh racial bonus on this one so you do get an, a, an additional i do plus i get two. plus two don't i mm. mm-hmm. ha 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 Twenty-one. God damn. So yes. you have uh, you have been approached as the owner of the space hangar for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, you you um you you have been quite diligently just walking around, making sure that people are aware that you know you are just doing your 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 job and like playing off bits um uh, as and when uh, people approach you no one seems to bat a second eyelid uh, but uh, kind of like they don't seem to give you a second glance they just go yeah cool and move on um and it's only as you are starting to come closer and closer towards the 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 actual end of the freighter and towards the opening of the hangar itself that you overhear a conversation between two voices um one you recognize immediately to be the captain's um seems to be quite panicked and um somewhat kind of uh on the on the defensive uh the second voice you can hear is slightly uh mechanical but um also seems to be fairly um natural as well um almost like there's a synthetic voice box that's causing it um you overhear the start of the conversation as you're moving down, uh, in which the second of the two people uh, seems to be threatening the captain with his life, um, and that the uh, the crates that have the bath droids need to be inspected, um, otherwise there will be trouble, is what you overhear as you're coming down. Hey. Is there anything you would like to do with this information? Um, probably try and sneak my way towards it. Okie dokie. She do that. Excellent. So you start to, to move on down. I think at this point, an obvious one, let's have a stealth check. <laughs> <laughs> Awful. Awful? Uh-oh. Yes, I rolled a one, which makes it two. <laughs> 20 something in deception everyone knows that she's here as a member of the staff but also she keeps fumbling around <laughs> it's okay i just tripped over my own feet guys don't don't worry about it new boots i'm not used to them <laughs> instantly groveling 
Um, so you uh, you start to come down and you start to peek your head around uh, to see the two um, two members of this conversation that are happening. You see the human uh, pilot, uh, brown hair slicked back underneath uh, the captain's hat. Um, you see he's in his kind of like usual dark green uniform um, with the uh, the the insirial the the empire's clasp keeping on one side of his uh, his breast area. Um, you can see that this other person uh, is, again, as described as just before, this kind of like mix between a human and a droid, um, square-shaped head, flesh tone colour. Um, every part of the main abdomen looks to be almost like this plasticky kind of... Uh, robotic setup and then comes down to more human looking hands and the head itself looks to be as if someone has squir squished uh, a, uh, a human's head into like this weird frame um, standing about a foot taller than the captain himself um, as you are coming round he steps up into the freighter itself and starts to activate one of the uh, the blocks that controls and looks after the actual battle bots themselves or the battle droids, excuse me, uh, battle bots, TM, somewhere else. Um, <laughs> and as you're coming round, you trip over, and uh, the uh, the captain, kind of panicking, starts to walk away, and you basically walk into one another, um, and you can see the look of fear in his eyes as he turns around, and then he kind of like snaps out, and like, I, 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 yes, as you were, and starts walking off. Um, as you hear the clinking of metal feet. Uh, inside the freighter and marching with purpose into the freight off the freighter and into the hangar itself this weird kind of meshy kind of human mixed uh, uh, goes off with the with free battle droids into the hangar itself and immediately just start opening fire you hear an explosion Whoa. from inside and just outside as well um for b1 nb2 you would also hear this explosion around this time here uh, inside the actual hangar and knowing what you know about the the area you know this is not a usual thing to happen in one of the they're always quite um up to code even if it's a nefarious uh spaceport it's still well kept in the fact that nobody wants their stolen cargo destroyed oh my god for my two outside, so MB1, uh, MB2, and uh, for Swift, what do you guys want to do? Um, what was my, what was my actual like mission parameters? So you have been sent here, apologies, I didn't want to uh, give it away just in case, but you have been sent here to look into the fact that there should be a meeting of um, Rebel Alliance prospective members uh, starting to meet up and uh, building up the, essentially the, uh, the conscripting of uh, new members in this building. The specific one was that there could be Jedi um, in the... In the hangar itself and in this meeting and uh, your employer being friends with the empire is not al not allowing that to happen in his um in his remit he's not happy with the idea that there could be something that could be used against him later down the line so is quelling it before it actually happens wow need information not corpses I think he'd just go in. Excellent. Um, and just as you are jumping down and heading towards the hangar itself, the two doormen do head in as well, um, rushing in after the explosion. Everything seems to be, this is not to plan, and uh, charge in. You follow in afterwards and come into this uh, area here. Um, Swift, what are you doing? I would probably immediately run towards the rebel recruiters. Excellent. Um, I would say as well, just because you are aware of this, you are aware that this hangar is used for regular um, meetings to uh, to uh, to try build up the uh, the prospective kind of conscription of people. Um, mm -hmm. I believe I'm using the word conscript right, but uh, if not, 
sue me later. Um, please don't sue me. <laughs> at him. <laughs> yeah, just tweet me with a nasty, you know, learn language. Um, <laughs> dictionary definition of words. <laughs> if someone tweets me that, they will get five credits. Um, <laughs> I'm a benevolent DM. <laughs> so lovely. You <laughs> Swift, you charge in uh, after this as well, knowing that people that you care about could be in the, the hangar um, and start to run down towards the, uh, the explosion, which is where... Just double-checking this bit here. You all three meet for the first time, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to use this moment here because what will be happening is our first bit of combat. But also, I don't want to make I don't want to make this large. Uh, I don't want to make this episode an hour and a half, two hours long because combat can go on quite quickly. So what we'll do is we'll set up here the combat itself and then next episode you guys will come back to hear the battle of nexus six um so i'm going to share with you all the map that i have created i would like to share this one please albert rodeo where your dreams come true Oh god, I've forgotten how we view screens on this. So you should have oh, a new screen screen coming up on. Yes. <laughs> it's been so long since we've recorded that I was like, how the hell do I use Discord again? <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Uh, so, <laughs> with this map here, um, so we've got down the south, we've got um, three battle droids which are marked by the, uh, the gears um, and this weird looking uh, dragon looking head thing uh, is the weird mix between human and um, uh, human and droid that has been using them? Um, obviously, I've placed this marker here, um, which should be uh, further back. But this is the marker for uh, Swift, just so we've got you down there. Um, mm -hmm. I've got this little fist guy over here. Will be um, will be um, N one and uh, B one NB two. Excuse me for struggling with my words today and then finally we've got uh this one over here is our mon calamari um dana and then i've marked these two here to be essentially people who will be responding in the fight uh coming up of the rebel alliance side there everyone else starts to flee at the explosion as everyone is coming in there's a mass panic and hysteria as people start to basically just dart off for self-preservation um this large uh, yellow box here is the stage these two smaller yellow boxes are crates that have been lined up in a uh, typical 90s early noughties uh firefight game if you're familiar um, I give you very little in terms of coverage. Um, and then these white sheets that you'll be seeing are the sheets that are hanging from the wires that would be picking up the uh, the weld sparks and the grinding sparks. So you'll be able to use these as coverage as well. There's about a foot or so of, uh, of gap between the bottom of the sheets and the floor itself. So if someone does use it for coverage, it won't be complete coverage because you will be able to see that person there. They look to be of a, a levery quality, so they would uh, be able to withstand some damage if you want to use these for coverage later. But with this in mind, where would you guys, in the, the, the fracas that is this explosion to the south, and then everyone's starting to just panic as you hear uh, pistol fire and also the, the hysteria of people running off for their lives, wh whereabouts would you guys place yourselves? <clears throat> you know because you said we've met for the first time not officially you are you're not all in the same yet. room essentially we're all in the same room so we don't all have to be together at this point no nope. nope. oh. for all you know everyone else in the room is panicking this is self-preservation for you obviously in the the wonderful world that is role-playing games you are a team that will be coming together potentially yep. after this yes but for now in a very multiplayer, you do what you do whilst I go off and get the, the thing that I need over here, da 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 da, da. Um, That's where we are. So self-preservation, think for yourself, don't worry about everyone else's actions. 
Just to clarify, where did you say the door was? Where all the tokens are at the bottom? So the, the main hangar's entrance where the freighter is is coming from the bottom yep. of the screen, yes, okay. uh, which is the south. And then the entrance um, from where everyone was coming in uh, as the pedestrian entrance would have been to the west here, where, which is where we've just got um, uh, B1 and B2 coming in as uh, marked by the fist. Um, Dana would run behind the uh, top left sheet. Okay, so you're going to dart up towards yep. the... So you go run round the plinth itself. Uh, yes. You get get yourself into a position where you've got the coverage of the sheet, uh, knowing that things are happening further down the yes. room. So she, she can see what's going on, but she's got cover to duck. Okay, I'm going to put you right on the edge of it there then. Yes, um, so you're just poking around with corner cover um, from that. The plinth itself is about a foot or a foot and a half itself, so it's not blocking your vision. You can see what's yep. happening down the end, but also that you are behind everything there as well. Um, lovely. Um, let's go with Swift and uh, B1. What are we doing? Um... She would look like she's running for cover, but she would specifically pick a place where she's got a good vantage point. Okay, cool. Um, so with what you can see as you're coming in, you can see, uh, uh, obviously you've not been in the room, so I apologise. Um, you, you can see this kind of like usual hangar space. It's open area. The roof is quite tall. Um, you mm -hmm. can see that, as I say, these sheets of... Uh, leather canvas are hanging from parts you can see this uh, just in front of you you can see this kind of like owl shape of the the crate set up um, in terms of like coverage where as the those are walking in and they are walking with purpose directly towards the plinth itself you um, they are not stopping from the vision that you can see um, your best vantage point may be inside the owl shape uh, between the uh, the crates and the uh, the canvas itself, so you've got that kind of like up and over the crates itself. Mm -hmm. If you would like to go there, yeah, sure. Perfect. So I'll place you over here. So as I say, the the crates itself themselves are about three or four feet tall, so they're they're coming up to about mid waist sort of thing in a typical mm -hmm. kind of like large barrel uh, kind of. Uh, I think they're, uh, I can't actually remember the, the sizing of your typical kind of like industrial barrels. Excuse me for my shoddy uh, preparation for this. <laughs> but they are, they're, they're your typical kind of like oil drums, uh, the kind of like free ribs, uh, metal run, not the kind of like typical kind of like cask look of, uh, say, a Dungeons and Dragons fight. Um, You've got that sheet there, which would cover you as well. You can see the bit underneath, so you know that your feet will be on show where you are. But also, as you duck down, you can then you know perfect vantage point to place yourself to rest your arms on with your pistol and just take fire if you you need to, um, and also steadies your aim as well. Yep. Lovely. B one, what are we doing? Um, have I come in via the roof? Um. Which would you like, uh, actually? Because I, um, for I did uh, just force you through the door, so I could let's retroact that. You can kind of come through the door, or you can jump up onto the roof itself. There would be openings in the roof as well for aeration and stuff, so you would be able to jump up onto the roof and look down if you'd like. Um, I, I mean, ideally, I would. Yeah, I mean, jetpack. Yeah, I would like to have the high ground. Not a problem. There you go. It started. Ah. <laughs> it did not take long at all. Ah. <laughs> so we're going to mark you um, on the map like as if you were on the floor level, but for mm -hmm. you, you are, um, I'd say, <laughs> yeah, the roof is about 20 feet or so uh, above the uh, the floor itself with the opening, so you'd be looking down with a good um, 20 feet or so below you, um, Obviously, that puts you f in terms of, like, um, if you're attacking down, because I apologise, I've not uh, completely uh, looked into the ranges of everyone's weapons and things. Um, you'd be about 15 feet away from the the very scalp of any uh, person you were firing down upon. So it gives you 15, 20 feet range uh, for anything that might come up. Um, so I'm going to say that the first opening would probably be looking down above the actual plinth itself. So mm -hmm. if I pop you around here, would you be happy with that? Yeah, that's fine. 
perfect. So looking down, you can see the plinth itself. You can see this, uh, again, this weird-looking humanoid uh, mesh kind of uh, uh, android figure. Um, you can see that just as you're looking down, you see this Mon Calamari running across this, the plinth and darting behind the um, the, the coverage uh, just off uh, into the uh, the left of your vision and down the uh, right you can see just coming out into the area uh, you can see the uh, you can see the three uh, B1 battle droids coming in uh, with a very f uh, almost like mirrored or copied version of this same humanoid standing on the plinth um, who uh, is shouting orders to the uh, the droids to start attacking anyone on sight um lovely so this is where let's have a look at what time we've got here let's roll an initiative count for for next episode and then we can set up the joys that are so if everyone would like to give me a an, a, an initiative check please 12 12 for donor uh 25 like initiative as in the skill, the skill yeah. tree yeah that's yeah. it sorry yeah making sure i'm reading the right thing rather oh, yeah. than it's relying on dvd it, yeah it's weird having it on the skill tree i kept expecting it to be somewhere separate <clears throat> i also can't remember what a normal D, &D character sheet looked like at this point <laughs> 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 it'd be a little box next to your ac on the D, &D I one i thought so it has like its own box doesn't it at the top of the page for your initiative that's the one uh, so, yes. Sorry, what did we get? I'm just doing some maths in my brain. Oh no, go for it, Sasha. I'm not convinced I filled this out right because that doesn't that doesn't. So have. it should be because um... I I've, I've got trained in that yep. one. Oh, okay. So I am doing it right, Liam. Yep. Okay, we got a big old number here. Eighty-five. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that big. What have we got? <laughs> Twenty-one. Twenty-one. <clears throat> Lovely. Non-natural twenty. Yeah, so, I've I've got a plus nine to initiative. God damn. Yeah, plus Level seven. One. Oh wow. It's insane. Yeah, I, plus I seven. really am and enjoying like, this. This can't be right. <laughs> mine is, now I feel like mine's wrong because I'm listening to you two and I'm like. Oh my god, no, my scores are don't really worry, Dana's fine. I know, I know, I know my scores are right for my character and race and everything. I'm just like, you, oh god. <laughs> you chose poorly uh, to reference another I Harrison Ford. weird man, don't judge me. <laughs> anyway, um, so with this, I'm going to quickly explain because we've only got a couple of minutes left of this episode here. Um, so with initiative for you guys, the fact that there has been a surprise round here. So every, um, with... Uh, combat in this game if there are any members of the uh, of the initiated group that are caught unaware those people would join the fight flat-footed yes i'm gonna say with this that the only one of you that would technically be flat-footed at this point would be dana yeah because although swift and b1 uh, weren't aware of the fight were going to happen. They've heard this thing happen, run towards the the uh, explosion, and then gone. Right, I need to get ready for this. Yes, Whereas, I was just in the yeah, room. you were not <laughs> expecting a fight to happen. You are then uh, in the middle of a panic. Um, I'm going to say. So what will happen is uh, the uh, at the beginning of next episode, um, we will go through a surprise round where those people that aren't flat footed will take a round. Um, I believe. Uh, Dana, surprise people don't get to. That's it. You won't take a round in that surprise round, no. but you also won't Enjoying be able to. You won't be able to add your dexterity to reflexive defense, which we'll get into yeah. next episode. But just yes. so you're aware of that, and uh, and then what will happen is round two, it goes into normal combat where everyone takes their turn on their initiative order, and it's very much in your uh, your usual kind of combat of any to rpg game of i have a round i will do actions uh, that are based off my rules and stuff of my class yay but more on that yeah. next week um as we pick up with another episode of 16 candle keeps does star wars yeah 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 <laughs> right <laughs> 
Uh, thank you very much for listening, everyone. As always, thank you, my lovelies, for playing. And we will see you next week for another episode. All that want to say bye, say bye. 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 <laughs>